It's the Alexandra and Friends podcast, and we're covering the everyday issues of life, health, and wealth. And as always, we have a great panel of experts with us. Here is your host, Alexandra Fincher. Welcome to Alexandra Friends 660 The Answer. Thank you so much for being here this evening as usual. Today we are uh, dedicating this day, this evening to the September 11th event, which today, 20 years ago. And we'd like to know where you have been during all this time. But before we start our show this evening, Billy Tatum, my co-host, is here. And we've got some Hello. amazing guests that you're going to be delighted to hear because Perfect we are uh, we, we love heroes. So before we do anything, let's just take a few minutes to have the young Clark family give us the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. I want to thank the Clark family very Mm -hmm. much for the Pledge of Allegiance. It is amazing. We need to do that more often. This evening, Courtney is here with me tonight, and so is Billy Tatum. Hi, Courtney. How are you? How's the traffic? It's Dallas traffic. I, I mean, know. it's still I Saturday know. night. But it's Saturday night, so you should have been here a little bit earlier, right? Traffic's uh, always a good excuse, Courtney. I got your back. I got your back. I love you, Courtney. I'm, I miss you so much. I miss you, too. So we have an amazing guest. Our co-host, uh, Billy Tatum, is here tonight, too. Yes. He's working. He's trying to do digital uh, work I'm over there. Out so. I'm sending out docu-signs and stuff. This is our busy season. <laughs> he doesn't like rain. <laughs> we don't. Yeah, foundation repair rain. guys don't pray for rain. <laughs> Well, Billy, how are you doing? How was your week? <laughs> I went to a rock and roll concert in Tulsa, <laughs> and I realized I'm not 20 years old anymore, mm-hmm. and that none of the songs were anything I even like anymore, hardly. I mean, a few bands like I like. It's like screeching, right? It was all like, yeah. and I was like, oh, this is not me. Mm-hmm. And the crowd, I was like, oof, I got to go. Even my best friend came up and said, hey, man, don't wear polos out here. You look like a cop. <laughs> I was like, okay. But on the way home, the travel trailer I rented had three blowouts. Oh, no. Everything was fine. You're able to control it fine. Yeah, that was fine. And fortunately, I just got a new cordless impact, so I never broke a sweat. <laughs> just so I've got a buddy out. that he's, um, he's come up with this partnership with this company, and it is really taking off. And it is like injectable blowout prevention stuff that yes. goes in tires and it literally coats it with Kevlar. Yeah. And so you'll never have a blowout. Yeah. It's becoming this whole big Well, one thing, of those so. blowouts really? rocked yeah, it so hard it slid the refrigerator out. Microwave came out of its cabinet and crashed oh on the ground. Oh my gosh. Tore so a hole through the floor. This is a see. rental or this yeah, is yours? a rental. A rental. Yeah. So yeah. Is that do you have to pay for it? No. I had to buy two new tires along the way <laughs> so I could at least get on the road again. Did they but, reimburse you for that or? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice. Oh, yeah. Is it through like a outdoorsy or just a random person? It was person? RV share, yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, that's unfortunate, but an event nonetheless. Yes. So we still had fun. A couple of bands we did like, so like I'm Puddle getting, of Mud was fun. But. I'm getting tickets for the Willie Nelson show. See, I would rather go do that. <gasps> so I'll never do, that's what I told her. My wife was like, we're never coming here again. I want to tell you, when I was in college, Willie Nelson, every yeah. Where he went, I was there. Tell I us more, Alexander. Willie Nelson. Oh my God! Did I you party hard at those events? <laughs> no, but I had, uh, you know, I had businesses. I had my own restaurant. I had my own little club when I was right, right out of college. I mean, I was just—I'm a businesswoman. I so. hear you. Did you guys have a good Labor Day? Labor Day. Labor Day weekend. Labor Day. Well, other than changing three tires on Labor Day, well, I so. had—I worked <laughs> and I worked, but I had a great Rosh Hashanah. What did you do, Happy Courtney? New Year. Well, I was pretty excited. So I have made four attempts to try and bring our neighborhood together for a block party. And every year something comes up. It's either we have bad weather or it conflicts with something. And then we had COVID. And um, so we tried to give it another shot. And we had about 50 to 60 people from the neighborhood come out. And it was really cool because a lot of the, you know, the neighborhood that I live in was built in the 80s. So there's still some people that this was their forever home, right? Mm -hmm. And so they're older and they came up to me and they said, you know, we really just appreciate you trying to bring the neighborhood together. Nobody's ever done this. And we know that you've you know, worked hard trying to do this the last couple of years. And we're fortunate to be able to come out. Well, we appreciate you. your efforts. And I was like, thank you. Have a beer. I wish I lived Woo-hoo. in your neighborhood now. Yes, I know. It was so much fun. Things going on souls. in her neighborhood. Yes. Yeah. I was looking at all your Facebook. Pages. Yeah. So it was good. And I had my grandbabies this weekend and that was so much fun. And it's so funny to see my my older daughter's. 
um, with their kids and how they've taken bits and pieces of their child rearing and how they've and put it decided together. to like put the blinders on and not do the things that they should know they should do with their kids. But I was super impressed with my oldest daughter and her two babies. They were so well behaved and they never cried. They never fought. And we just had a great weekend just running around. But I, you know, I'm in my 40s and I, I know I have friends that are having young ones now and I don't know how they do it. I don't either. It's exhausting. I, I don't think I could ever have another child and I don't want to. Yeah. Well, and I know we have a guest tonight that's got a little, a little oh one. My gosh. And so, well, Courtney, this evening we are dedicating the evening to uh, def- definitely the memories of 9-11, oh, yes. which uh, is 20 years today. Mm-hmm. And we are right on the date of our show is mm-hmm. 9-11. And it is a sad situation because it could never happen again. Right. And let's just hope it doesn't. Right. So, do you remember where you were? I on was 9/11? exactly. I was with American Airlines. Mm-hmm, scary. I was putting my tie on to leave for a, for a flight. You were and here in Dallas. I was here in Carroll, actually in Carrollton. I had uh, my home there, and um, never forget as long as I was putting my was watching Fox and Friends. It used to be Fox and something else, and all of a sudden there's somebody saying, "Oh my God! Oh my God! The plane hit the building!" Mm-hmm. And, and you know, I'm putting my tie on and. I could say, oh my God, it looks like a like a American Eagle, you know, or, or yeah, small right. plane. a small plane, yeah. a small plane, and the next thing is, oh my God, oh my God, over here you see this building, right? And they say it's an American Airlines flight. I said, oh, you know, we're, our, our phone calls were just ringing right there, and then get your uniforms on immediately, head out to headquarters. Mm-hmm. It was. What it, about you, Billy? Do you remember where you were? I was standing uh, at college. I was down at SFA Nacogdoches. Walked out of my dorm. And in the community area down there, you know, the big screen TV, the old big screen TVs, the building was on fire, went to class. They dismissed us early. And on my way back in, both buildings were already on the ground. Um, I was in college as well, and I went to school in Connecticut. And so we, as you can imagine, the Northeast, there were several ties to people that commuted into New York City. And I had a lot of professors. I had one professor whose nephew was a pilot on one of the planes. And so it was it was close enough where we got impacted by people that we Mm -hmm. knew right and um i remember i was at our library on campus and you know we were friendly with everybody and the janitor comes up to me and he was like courtney something just happened you need to get over to the to the sports center and find out what's going on on the tv so i run over there and i see that the plane had gone into the first tower and then i look and then the second plane hits and at that time my my future husband was had gone green to gold and was going through the ROTC program. He was enlisted and got out, went to school. And I just start crying because I knew that this nothing would ever be the same, ever be the same, that he was about to be deployed and our lives were about to be completely turned upside down. And so I think for that day, I also never want to forget the fact that the way the American people came together and never it was it was I can't. Can you think of something as catastrophic as that happening now? Do you think that there'd be as much unity? I I don't know. I feel like people would be like, oh, they they asked for it. Oh, it's because they voted for this person. And I just we just had in my lifetime. That was the most pivotal moment for the country. Right. From in in my from my in our lifetime. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Because it was tragic and it was horrible. But we must not forget that we just had 13 Marines. also Killed. Oh, yeah. And that was pivotal for Mm -hmm. me because that. Those unnecessarily were, unnecessarily right so uh i think this evening we have two amazing guests yes. one is yes. we're gonna perfect um, yes. we're gonna introduce uh pat our patty officer jacob flickinger flickinger did i say right flickinger flickinger, flickinger. flickinger. whoa <laughs> well good evening jacob how are you good evening i'm doing great thank you guys for having me uh thank you. today so I really appreciate you guys letting me come out here and speak with you guys. Well, and Jacob is like the typical like chiseled jaw, oh, perfect yeah. haircut, like looks good <laughs> in his uniform, like very he's a recruiter, by oh, the way. So if recruiter, yeah. I think yeah. Like fits the bill. Like you can see him on the posters being like, Serve your country, you know, it's just oh, so thank you. Thank you for being in your service. Yes. Right. But tell us a little bit about you. when did you join and what made you join and uh tell us a little bit of your journey. Okay, so um, I've been in for about five and a half years, going on six in February. Um, I joined straight out of high school. It was it was actually nothing that I really planned on doing. I was supposed to go to college, but my direction kind of changed um, as I as I progressed through high school. I kind of realized you know college might not be for me right away, so I just decided to explore my options. Um, 
I knew that going into the Navy, uh, it would it would give me like some opportunities for schooling and just kind of learning a job trade and just kind of using it as a stepping stone just to start my life off in the right direction. Because um, at that age, not everybody has their head on straight. They're not always. I doing know. I'd say nobody room, does. So. <laughs> I, <know>. <laughs> <laughs> I really needed that discipline. So I ended up joining and yes. um, straight out of boot camp, they sent me straight to Japan. So I spent oh, cool. three years in Yakuska, Japan on Ooh. the aircraft carrier, the Ronald Reagan. Wow. Um, oh. Yeah, it was. My friend oh, was on the Ronald Reagan absolutely. after Kitty Hawk. Yeah. Yeah. Right. We Ooh. talked about that earlier. Sorry. <laughs> it was an awesome experience. We were forward deployed, so we just constantly, every year, we went on deployment, and basically we just patrolled over um, all the, the Asian islands and stuff like that, just kind of showing our dominance, um, which is, which is in reality, is what, what we do in the That's U.S. Right. Navy, is we just kind of showboat, show all the other countries that we are the, the greatest Navy. Um, For sure. And then right after that, I went to Norfolk, Virginia, and I did some time on LHD-5, which is... Uh, mm. It's an amphibious ship. Uh, basically, our job is to carry the Marines to wherever they need to go. And um, that's, that's our sole purpose. I did one deployment over there. That was uh, my, my favorite duty station, actually. It was, it was probably the most vigorous. Just the work schedule was pretty tedious. But I made a lot of great friends and got to have a lot of great experiences on my time over there. Um, now I'm, I'm here in Carrollton, and I'm doing a tour as a recruiter. So my my sole purpose is just to go around and find uh, brave men and women who want to help defend our country and just kind of better themselves and the country that we live in. That's awesome. And the opportunities are tremendous. Mm-hmm. I, I can tell you that much. So um, are you enjoying what you're doing and what is your profession? I, I am enjoying what I'm doing. So my original profession is a machinist mate, which is just a mechanic for the for the ships and uh, that that is honestly one of my favorite things to do now. I never really thought that I'd be doing that kind of work, but I mean, they taught me everything I needed to know, and then I just kind of got in there and did it. And now I'm a recruiter, so I'm pretty much a salesperson. I just go out and talk to young men and women, or anyone between the ages of 18 and 39, and just kind of see what what their goals are in life and how the Navy can help achieve those goals. So Billy has a shot to go into the the service. No, I'm too old. He already are told you? me oh. I would have done Navy. That's my favorite. That's that's all I ever would have done. Awesome. Yeah. Well, we're going to be back with some more stories from Jacob. You're listening to Alexander and Friends. Please check out our Facebook, Alexander and Friends 660. You can also go ahead and listen to all of our previous ep- episodes on our website, alexanderandfriends.com. Our show is brought to you by Miller Title, Roberto Perez. And I just want to tell you all, we're celebrating our one year on Alexander and Friends 660, The Answer. I was just told yesterday we have, we this Saturday, we are one year in on the air. Awesome. Isn't that exciting, Courtney? It is. It's exciting and it's also bittersweet, right? I mean, with what's going on today as well. Yes, yes, yes. um, Well, let's bring Jacob back uh, again. Tell us a little bit about his journey and uh, what he plans to do. And also let everybody know where they can find you if they want to come join the Navy, right? Right, Billy? Because you're ready to go, right? I wish. Once again, we're here with Petty Officer Second Class Jacob Flickinger in the Navy, and he's a recruiter. Tell them where to go to meet up with you and you and and tell us how you do what you do, because obviously you love it, right. which you couldn't do your job. Otherwise. They wouldn't have picked you if you didn't love your job. Right. right. So tell us how to get a hold of you and do and that. And also, have you been doing this pre-COVID? Like, did COVID impact you? Were you already on that tour, recruiting tour at no, that point? No, so okay. I was actually, uh, whenever COVID started, I was on deployment in the, the Middle East, so we were just kind of doing things over there. We hit one port. We got to go to Bahrain. And then uh, the whole COVID thing kind of happened. And then after that, we had to start taking restrictions and we couldn't really go out to the countries that we were seeing. Um, And then after that, so I was actually planning on getting out because I was going to just use my four years as a stepping stone. And then the whole COVID stuff happened. And, you know, job security was just like at all. It was it was tragic. A lot of people were having trouble keeping their jobs. Mm -hmm. Small businesses were kind of going down. And I just decided it wasn't the best time for me to, you know, get out of the service, um, which is actually a great perk towards the military itself is just the job security is phenomenal. You don't have to worry about losing your job. You're going to get paid on the 1st and the 15th. Um, and it's a it's a very nice paycheck as well because you're not paying for anything realistically. They're paying for your food. They're paying for your housing. They're paying for your clothes. Um, so pretty much all the money that you make is just either being pocketed or going towards extra things that you want like a phone bill or a car bill but other than that you really have nothing to pay for they're Mm -hmm. supplying everything for you um 
I'm located in the Carrollton office, so right off of Josie and Keller Springs. That's where my office is located, as well as the Army and the Marines. Uh, we do not have an Air Force location in the Carrollton area, so you have to, you know, Google search that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Conveniently. The Navy guy search. doesn't know how to recruit you for the Air Force. <laughs> but for the most part, as, as a recruiter, you know, our, our main job is just to go around in town. I like to go to downtown Carrollton, kind of pop into the shops down there, say hello, give my business card out, just kind of get friendly with the community, which is another reason why I'm happy to be here on the on the show today is just, you know, expanding my my Horizon. resources, yes, and Horizon and networking yeah. with yeah. different people just to kind of put my name out there um, as that local recruiter for the Navy. Wow, amazing. Well, we're looking forward to visiting your office. Where right. Corny can bring her young people and yeah. let them see what it's all about. It's very important. Do you work with the team or is it just you staffed in there? How does that? So I have one other uh, second class, which is my rank uh, that I work with, and then a supervisor who is the first class. And uh, basically we, we have our own office and then there's there's many different offices within the area, the Dallas-Fort Worth area that are kind of like our division. So they work with us, but we work separately to obtain the same goal. Um, and then how does it work as far as do you have a quota each month? Is it something where you're just trying to find qualified candidates to be able to send in? Like, how does the process work? Um, and is it something where you're like, yeah, you may not be the best fit for the Navy, but you can go a couple doors down and here's another option for you. Like, I- I've never been in a recruiting office. I hear like the word MEP station and things yeah. like that. I don't know. You know, my ex-husband was in the military, but he was already in when we met. Um, and like I said before, he went green to gold. And so we just did the whole ROTC thing. And then 9-11 hit and kind of stuff hit the fan and we're off. Um, so how does it work as far as like walk us through the process? Somebody is interested or yeah. you're able to reach out to somebody and maybe explain to them this could be a good life opportunity for them. Right. So, of course, at first it starts with sales. So you want to see, you know, what people's goals are in life and uh, kind of just what's stopping them from achieving those goals. And then that's where I'm going to align everything that the Navy offers them um, just to kind of help them achieve those goals. And if it's something that they like and and they want to move forward with the process, they'll come to our office. Uh, There's a whole blueprinting phase that goes into it. So they can't have like any major um, law violations or previous drug use or... um, tattoos on like their face or their neck and um if they do have those things there are waivers that come in place depending on the severity of the things uh medical history is a very big portion of that you can't have anything too crazy um but like i said there's waivers for pretty much everything so as long as you fully disclose everything with us there's most likely a way that we can work around it and help you get into the service um, and what one branch can't do, another branch may be able to do. So there right. is a lot of kind of sharing when it comes with other branches. It's good to have a good relationship with other recruiters from Excellent. from the Army and the Marines as well. Awesome. Do you feel like the numbers are steady? Are they stagnant? Are you are you seeing people wanting to serve their country? Like with the current climate of everything, I mean, I know you have to maintain whatever, but are you wanting to see more people come out? Are you seeing people that are turned away for fear of the unknown of what's going on in our country? So honestly, um, I think as terms of like current events, I think it either it's a 50, 50 shot. Either some people are scared and they, they get uh, discouraged. And then some people want to stand up and, you know, help protect their country. Um, Of course, I'm going to lean towards the protecting your country. I feel like it's the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. Um, I love America and I know many people out there do. It's just a matter of finding them. Um, numbers, I wouldn't really call numbers steady because things happen every day that kind of change people's eligibility, uh, as well as I feel like a lot of people are scared to take that first step. So if I'm not finding them first, it's, it's unlikely that they're going to show up, but we do occasionally have people that come to the office just ready to do it. Um, and that's, that's honestly the best thing. Do you visit the schools? Do you have regular meetings? Is there, do you get with the ROTC programs, the JROTC programs? So normally, yes, but because of the whole COVID uh, mm. situation right now, it's a little bit harder to get into schools. Um, so most most of the time, we just kind of got to go around town and look for people and, and just hope for the best. But schools aren't really letting us in right now just because of the pandemic. Do you know that for most of the guests that we've had here, this is my suggestion for all the things. Are you TikToking? 
<laughs> where is where is your Flickr TikToker? Oh man, Flick TikTok. Yeah, Flickr TikTok. You gotta teach me about that because I still don't know. I need to learn it. I posted a TikTok the other day. Did you see it when my? Because I don't go into TikTok. No, it was on my Facebook. I still don't That's what it was. Yes, and so it was. Um, it was that. It's so silly, and you know, people were like up in arm about my my son-in-law throwing my grandkids on the ground, but it, it looked, it looked worse than it really was, but it was the one where grandma's taking the kids. And so the car pulls up and they chuck the luggage out and they chuck the kids oh, out yeah. and then they oh, yeah. speed off. Seen that. But I mean, you could totally was, do that with TikTok yes. to get some, yeah. I mean, social media is the way of everything, right? I mean, yes. we do do a lot of social media. TikTok, I believe we are not actually allowed to use right now. Right. Uh, it's still relatively new, but right. we are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, you guys Some have a procedure for that. all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's well, guidelines we have to the follow. But I usually use like my Facebook, and Instagram, just kind of like I, I'm. I just promote the gym. Really, I go to the gym. I'll record some videos, kind of excellent, just show people, you know, a healthier lifestyle. And then some people like it. But honestly, my fan base isn't that big on social media right now. I'm still, <laughs> I'm still pretty new to the, uh, the recruiting. Well, you'll, so get, still... you'll get some really good promotion on this show because Liz will be putting, I mean, she's taping right now, but she will get you on and you will have everybody wanting to join. Right. Especially awesome. if they see you as handsome as you are. <laughs> <laughs> are you married? I am married. Yes, I have a wife. We've been married for four years, going on five in December. Um, and then I have a child. He's three years old. He just turned three in August. Awesome, awesome. awesome. Well, we really appreciate your being here this evening. This we're we're really putting attention of September the 11th, and uh, we you were very baby, Polly. You were not even he was born. four. Four. Yeah, he was yes. four. So, I was so you don't mostly. remember? Do you recall what anything about that? I do not remember <clears throat> anything. Did you learn about it in school? Do they talk about it during your military training? Yeah. So um, 9/11. I mean, it impacted everybody. Uh, it's a very well-known thing that or event that happened in this country uh so growing up you know we always said the pledge of allegiance um in texas we also did the texas pledge uh-huh. i don't know if that's still something it's that still they a do, thing but... even though you can opt out of it in yeah some places. right yeah. so we, we did do that 9-11 of course everybody uh they would usually have a video that would come on and kind of talk about it um specifically towards the the navy i remember there was one day in boot camp where uh, it wasn't on 9-11, but there's just kind of a day where they just they try and get everybody like emotionally attached to the to the service and just kind of feel proud about what Be they're proud doing. Of what and, you, yes. and then they, they kind of put on a video that kind of plays over what happened on 9-11. And and that's when they they just kind of they, they find that that emotional connection to what you're doing and why you're doing it. So. Well, we appreciate you being here, that you took the time of, and maybe you came in here, maybe recruit somebody, you know, never know, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, but you can walk around and maybe knock on the doors and say, <laughs> yeah. I'm um, recruiting, I'm recruiting. So. Do you have any good stories to share with us as far as like any of your experiences or something where maybe you had a um, a colleague that was on the fence about joining and maybe they told you a story of something that ignited something in them that they decided to, to join. Um, because I know after for my group, you know, I was 19, 20, 21, that group. And so when nine 11 happened, you had people that were up to that age group dropping everything to go serve their country. Right. They, they quit jobs. I had attorney friends that up and quit. I mean, you've heard stories of professional athletes and things like that. Um, you know, it's sad that it took an event like that for people to realize like, Hey, I need to serve my country. But I mean, have you met anybody where you're like maybe a good story or something to share, or maybe somebody that's going down a path where the military and especially the Navy would be a good, a good place for them. Right. Um, honestly, no, I have not experienced, or maybe I've just never had that conversation with anybody. Um, I know I did have a gentleman that came into our office last week and he was kind of motivated by what happened in, uh, Afghanistan previously with mm-hmm. our 13 Marines and uh, that's kind of what led him to want to join so we're actually working on his stuff right now just to try and get him oh, into okay. the service but as far as uh, for 9-11 alone I have I've never really had that conversation mm-hmm. with people um, most of the people that have been in that longer are much higher rank than me right now so we don't really get uh, connected on that kind of personal right. level have you ever yeah. thought of recruiting of attending maybe going to like the foster homes uh, Buckner home Oh, that would 18, be a really good connection. At, at, the, at the age of 18, they will have to leave the, the foster 
Right. Can the state sign off if they're 17 and they're graduated? Can the yes. they can sign off for so them? So as long as they have a legal guardian, um, which I'm, I'm sure that counts be, as a yeah. legal guardian, right. they'd be able to sign off. So as long as they're if they're 17 and they're on track for graduating, they can still join the the military. Um, they just once they turn 18 or they graduate, we have to get that. Uh, I proof think that of would diploma. be a great opportunity for you because that would be really good. That's a great idea. Uh, of yeah. course, I'm always full of ideas when it comes to military yes. because I think it's the most important thing that anybody should do. Yeah. So this current term that you re-upped, it's for another four years, or yes. So I, I um, around this time last year, actually, I just re-up for another four years. Okay, so do you yeah. think you're going to continue to go? Yeah, what are you going to do next? Honestly, I'm, I'm probably going to stay in. Uh, stay in. I like Good to job. take it one contract at a time just because 20 years is a long a long, But it isn't. Time frame. And in 20 years or like 15 years, you're going to be thankful for your pension and you still right. have the rest of your life to do all of the things, you know, and it's just financial stability and having that sense of pride right. that you served your country. Like, I, I know so many people that are my age that got out, you know, and they regret it That's every single day. And you yeah. don't want to live with that regret, but you've done, you've served your country. And so it, you have that forever, even if you decide to get out early. September the 11th of 20 years ago tonight. And we are having amazing guests this evening. Courtney, thank you for being here this evening. Thank you. Billy, as usual. Hello. Thank you. And you wore your shorts again today. It's hot out still. Really? It rained today. Or, well, no, it didn't rain today, but it's kind of like muggy outside. I work hard. <laughs> I crawl Saturday? under houses and it's sweat. Yeah, I work Saturdays too. Working out well, in the yard. All I got to say is the guest, uh, some of our guests were, Mr. Roland Castaneda told me to tell you that he liked your voice because you were very passive. <laughs> I just try to, I just try to be a considerate person. Oh, I see. Okay. If that's what he means, I guess. <laughs> well, we have an amazing uh, guest for that right now. We've had one, uh, let's see, uh, Jacob was here a little bit ago. Mm-hmm. Yes. And now we're going to introduce an amazing young yes. man. Briseño, your last name correcto? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Could you tell us your name, please? Uh, my first name is Zach um, from Fort Worth. Texas. Is that Zachary or Zach? Zachary, yes. Zachary. I thought he's so cute. I want to make you laugh. smile. Look at his dimples. I know. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's a radio show. Oh, well, yeah, but you know what? We need to make sure that our audience understands yes. So you have to describe are. the dimples yes. like they're reading to. a book. Courtney's yeah. beautiful. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm gorgeous. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> our producer is good looking. And apparently, according to the last guy, I have a face for radio. So you have a face for radio. Yeah. Well, we're going to have to show it off uh, <laughs> sure with this have, passive voice. I'm sure people have Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for being here this evening. It was an amazing. I know we had a very difficult, hard time to come and get you to be here tonight, but you got permission. Yeah. And thank you for being here this evening and telling us your story and your journey as a, in the military. No, thank you for having Morning. me. I'm anxious. Amazing. I know. I saw, I saw bits and pieces of the bio. Mm-hmm. So you're from Fort Worth originally? Born and raised in um, North Fort Worth. Okay. Yeah. And then tell us about your journey into the, the military. Uh, into the military. When I was young, I had a lot of um, family and friends, you know, g- growing up and going into the military. And I kind of thought, man, I, I kind of want to do that. Uh, my father was in the Army and and. When I started telling him more, like, hey, I'm pretty serious about wanting to go in the military, he tried to convince me to go to the Army, but I always knew, like, uh, Marines uniforms look better. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then I started learning more about all the branches, and it's just like the, I just naturally gravitated towards the Marines, and mm-hmm. I always wanted to do it. How long ago was that? Ooh. It's okay, we're uh, old. Yeah. No, I enlisted in 2004. Okay. Great. So you're still in your 30s. Yeah, I just turned 36. Um, nice. Sometimes I feel like I'm 56, waking up in the morning and yeah. back sore. Why is that? I got four kids. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> four kids. <laughs> they keep us busy. So, so t- you, oh, go ahead. oh, no, go ahead. So wait, tell us a little bit about your journey and your serving and yeah. where, from where your step, first step to where you are today. Um. So first step on like. My old legs, or since I have no. my new ones, well, the whole process yeah. going into hey, the Marines. I mean, way yeah. to lead into that, Alexander. How, that. how did you I'm go into the Marines? Where did you go? Like, you know, Jacob is a recruiter for the Navy. What did you do to to initiate that process? Your first step, and then all the steps from there to where you are today. Yeah, so I enlisted out of uh, the Fort Worth office. So it's over by um, we used to be Carswell Air Force Base. Now it's the the Joint Reserve Base. Um, 
a lot of buddies that I was going through high school with, we were enlisting around the same time together. It was rough, you know, so growing up my whole life, I've had to overcome a lot of obstacles. Uh, both my parents battled addiction mm. with um, drugs and alcohol. So we saw a lot of things that, that, you know, kids aren't supposed to be able to see and, and experience to have to go through. Um, so overcoming that and, uh, like I said, I, I had to set goals for myself and, and work very hard to achieve those goals. Uh, so I enlisted in 2004, went to San Diego for boot camp, um, graduated in December of 04, uh, went to my first duty station in Okinawa. Um, I was young, I was 19. Yeah. Uh, it was great uh, <laughs> being able to, you know, go to different countries and experience, you know, different cultures and learn about, you know, their lifestyle and, you know, come accustomed to it. And then while we were there, they pulled us into a room and asked for volunteers to go to Iraq. Um, what year was that? This was in 2005. 2005. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so they asked for volunteers. They asked for volunteers. So I raised my hand. Um, I was like, yeah, I'll go. Um, uh, but just around that time, I learned that I was about to be a father. So it was like, thinking about, man, did I make the right decision? You know, but I went, I went forward with it, obviously. And then my first time to Iraq was in 2005, a month after I got there, my son was born. So then I had wow. to go the rest of the deployment with that in the back of my mind. Like, man, am I going to make it home? You know, every, every day you kind of wake up thinking, it's like, man, this is going to be the day. This is going to be the day, you know? Um, so, I mean, like I said, it was motivation for me to do what I had to do and get home. What, what were you doing in Iraq? What was your job over there? So at that time, we were providing security um, for a hospital that was on the base, and then we would do the medevac. So we'd go out to pick up casualties and bring them back in. Um, so it was tough to see, you know, things that you would normally see on a movie. Right. But to actually experience in real life at 20 years old. Right. Um, and so soon after trauma. you had enlisted and... It was fast within a year, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, because like I said, up until that point, everything was it was just TV and movies. Mm -hmm. So you you're know. twenty, going on to twenty one at this time, and you're seeing all this trauma, right? And the first time, like I actually saw like blood that wasn't mine on my hands. That's when it really set in. Like, man, this is this is real life. This wow. is this isn't a movie, mm -hmm. you know. Um. So how long was the tour there? For that that first one, that one was supposed to be six months. Ended up being like seven and a half months because the the relief unit that was coming to get us got delayed for whatever reason. And your wife and baby were in Japan or they were back here in the States? They're back in the States. Okay. So when I got home, he was about seven months old. Um, wow. The first time I, I stepped off the bus, as soon as we were able to see our family, he was the first one I went to and wow. grabbed oh, him and held wonderful. him. So, um, so up until that point, I've seen him in pictures. Oh, that was wow. it. So then after that, where did the military take you? Uh, after that tour, I went back to Japan to finish out my two-year tour there, and then I went to Camp Lejeune, North Carolina. And then after a couple months, I volunteered again to go back to Iraq, <laughs> and then went to Fallujah, back to Fallujah. What year was that? Uh, 2007. So then this time, we were there training the Iraqi police, so we lived out in the middle of town with them at their police station. So there wasn't a base near us for at least 20 minutes. Um, that That time kind of set in a little bit more because the first tour we had the luxury of going to eat on base. We had the luxury of going to take a shower, like an actual shower mm -hmm. and knowing you had guards protecting right. your area. Right. Yeah. And then, you know, it was sad to say the people that we were there to train, uh, you know, they weren't always dependable, Right. Yeah. you know, so we had to make extra sure that like, Hey, we, we know who's living with us. We, we trust them, but there were some times we couldn't, Right. I remember yeah. the first time we got into something like they dropped their guns and ran. So it's oh like, my hey, goodness. Well, oh my this, this is y'all's stuff. You know, we're here to help you. We're not here to do this for you. Um, so that that was pretty tough to deal with. And then uh, three months into that tour is when I got hurt. What happened? So, what happened? We so like I said, it was a luxury to go back to the base and get a warm meal, get an actual shower. Um, we had somebody with us who was a contractor. He's a police officer here in the States, but he was working with us there. We dropped him off at the base where he actually lived. We had our meal. We had our good time there. We're heading back to our base. Um, it was about midnight. I was in the passenger seat, front seat passenger seat, and I had my gunner standing next to me and our driver. And uh, just like any typical night, we're 
kind of talking about what we're going to do that night, you know, write a letter, watch a movie, just kind of hang out. And then all of a sudden uh, we get hit with an IED and it was right underneath my seat where I was sitting. We were being watched by um, the guys who had buried the bomb in a nearby mm-hmm. building. And as soon as we got on top of it, they detonated it. So what were you in again? A Humvee. A Humvee. Yeah, yeah. I was a front seat passenger. I actually wasn't supposed to be in the seat that night. So I convinced my buddy for whatever reason to switch. Sometimes we would switch it up. I'd drive, or I'd be the gunner or passenger seat. So I told my buddy before we left, hey, let's switch. He was like, no, no, no. I was like, come on, man, let's switch. He was like, okay. So I finally convinced him to do so. And then um, the very most fortunate thing that could happen that night was I was the only one who was injured. So my so you two had guys. Help. I'm sorry? So you had some good help there for you, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, who that help is or what that help was is beyond me. I have no oh, idea. Wow. So those two guys walked away without a scratch on Oh, them. my goodness. They had a concussion protocol and that was it they were back to work the next day um i had no idea the severity of the injury uh we were i i mean i remember it a lot of people ask me like uh what do you remember from that night it was like, i remember the whole thing i remember being hit in the face like my eyes were watery those days confused i started feeling pain after asking my guys like hey are you okay they're like yeah yeah we're fine i remember seeing the street because the door had blown open and then i remember almost falling out but my gunner reaching down and put me in into the vehicle um we get to a safe zone and i'm feeling like, man something's not right they're trying to pull me out of the vehicle but i remember screaming so the floorboard had mushroomed up and whatever was left of my legs was caught in the in the floorboard and they were actually ripping more and more of my leg as they were trying to pull me out um so they got me they had to put me back in and reach in one by one grab me out and later they told me uh one of my feet was in the back seat the other foot was in the street so they tried to salvage what they could. Some guy put it in a pack and said, hey, put it on ice for whatever reason, if you're able to save it. They weren't able to. Um, I remember them talking to me as they worked to me on the ground, um, reassuring me, like, hey, you're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. And I remember looking at them, telling me, hey, tell my son I love him. Make sure he's okay. Like, tell him I love him. Daddy loves him. And then uh, my right arm was broken in three different places. So they were trying to hold my hand, not knowing that it was broken. And I remember screaming at the guy like, hey, let my hand go, let my hand go. And then, he, I mean, he always apologizes for it. Uh, but I give him a hard time about it, too. Um, we didn't lose anybody that night. So that was, to me, was a victory. Mm-hmm. Like, I got hurt, yeah, but we were still a team. You know, after that, of course, it was a, it was a battle. And I, I still didn't realize the severity of it until I woke up in Germany a couple of days later. So you were flown to the base in Germany, to I the was, hospital. I was. So I was taken uh, to Fallujah there by vehicle. We had to wait for a vehicle to come get us and take us there. Then uh, Balad, Baghdad, and I woke up in Germany. Wow. Was your wife informed right away? Was she me- there to meet you? Nobody was in Germany, no. Um, I didn't get to see my family until I got to Bethesda. Bethesda so, in Maryland. How yes. long would that take from Germany? From Germany, I think I was in Germany a day and a half, maybe two days. And then I flew to Bethesda. And that was the first time I got to see my family. Well, we're we gonna, have so many more questions. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, well, we're going to bring wanna you talk back about for the next, yes. next segment. Sure. Um, goodness. Well, you're listening to Alexander and Friends. Uh, please like our Facebook, Alexander and Friends 660. We also have all of our previous episodes loaded on our website at alexanderandfriends.com. We've got some amazing guests tonight. We're here in remembrance of 9-11. We've got two service members sharing their stories. Alexander and Friends. Sponsored by Miller Title, Roberto Perez, and we are here with Zach, a former Marine, now Fort Worth police officer. Not a former oh, Marine. Always a Marine. I know that. They all say that. I tease them. Oh. No. <laughs> anyway, Zach, so you were injured. You ended up in Bethesda. Tell us real quickly about your recovery there and what happened since. So in Bethesda, I was there for about a month doing surgeries every other day, um, a lot of clean outs and revisions to what was left of my legs. Uh, and then after that, I went to San Antonio, the Brook Army Medical Center, um, the Center for the Intrepid. is an amazing facility there. And I got my first set of prosthetic legs. I had to learn how to walk again and and um, adjust to my new life, what it would be. Uh, yeah. I mean, I know I wanted to get back to being as close to normal as I could, as, as quick as I could. So yeah. I was walking a few months after I got there. Um, my unit was still in Iraq, so I made it a goal to for them to see me walking. And to know, like, them. this didn't hurt me. This didn't stop me. How yeah. was it with the the buddy that you switched seats with? I mean, 
does do you ever like joke with him or does uh, is it always somber? I mean, what? Yeah, we're still I, friends. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. No, honestly, I, I'm grateful that we did because although I know I, I would have done what I had to do to help somebody mm-hmm. in that situation, I don't know if my heart would have been in the right place to see them like that and right. live the rest of my life thinking like, man, having those visions in my head, right? You know, so I, I'm glad it happened. Yeah, I'm thankful. Very good. And then you also have met uh, President Bush and oh, he awarded yeah. you yeah. with a Purple he, Heart. He awarded me my Purple Heart while I was in Bethesda. So, I mean, he's a great guy. He, you can see how down to earth he was, you mm-hmm. know, and, and he was going room to room and you can see in, in his eyes that, you know, this is, this is the reality of mm-hmm. what we were going through as a country, yeah. you know, still going through. Uh, but he was amazing to come by and, and how often do you get to meet a sitting president? You right. Know, that was awesome. Right. Never have. Yeah. yeah. You perfect. sound like you're very proud. And oh goodness, Alex, she's got the yeah. waterworks going. Well, I, I mean, George Bush is a great guy. I I remember him standing on the rubble the day after nine oh. eleven. Oh, mm-hmm. and that I, speech he gave on that megaphone mm-hmm. just—I yeah. still get goosebumps yes. from it. I remember yeah. being late to high school that that morning. Um, I was in the in the living room getting ready, and the TV—I have to have the TV or, or the radio playing or something while I'm doing everything. Uh, but I remember watching the first one. I was like, man, that was a horrible accident. It's tragic, you know. Then watching the second one, man, something's wrong. This oh, isn't yeah. right. Mm-hmm. And I think I was 15 going on 16 at that time. I was, I mean, what 15, 16 year old has it, has the feeling of, I need to do something. Right. What What can I do to help? This is. And you people. dove right into it. Yeah. I mean, that, that was. Do you that think was, that sparked your interest in. That, I think that definitely had something to do with right. it. This is what the country I started, needs if more I could, men yes. like this. If I could go sign up then and at least do something to help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have to do it. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So then after you left San Antonio, you came back here to the Fort Worth area? Yeah, I came back home. Um, so I had a choice to go into there or, or California to do the rehab. And I, uh, San Antonio is four hours away, so I, there's no doubt about it. I'd rather be close to family. Uh came back here. I, I was in my teenage years. I was in the Explorer program for the Fort Worth Police Department. I had a lot of great influences there um, that taught me, like, man, I want to be a police officer. This is the type of officer I want to be. They were helping people. One in particular was like almost like a father figure to me. Like I said, my parents battled addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, there'd be times when my dad would be gone for days at a time and this officer would help me out. Um, so his name was Hank Nava. Uh, my first tour when I was in Iraq, he was unfortunately killed in the line of duty serving oh my a warrant. I'm so oh, sorry. So uh, his, his mural is in the police academy as soon as you walk in. When I finally got accepted in the police academy, I started every morning I'd see his picture. You know, I'd see it like, hey man, another day down, another day down, another day down. You know, it's definitely difficult going through the police academy. Um, on, on prosthetic legs. On prosthetic legs, yeah. yeah. Um, but, like, so to get in, you have to do a, an agility course in, under a certain time. First day, I failed it by three seconds. You know, it was very discouraging. Next morning, I went in and passed it by 12 seconds. Wow. I was, they were, like, failing it was not an option. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, I dealt with a lot of swelling and bleeding in my, in my limbs, you know, almost daily. Mm-hmm. And uh, had to battle through it. Um, so it was... A nine month academy, nine and a half month academy. The day I graduated or we got commissioned, they gave us our badges. I went to his picture and said, you know, we did it. Awesome. We awesome. did it. You know, because awesome. I could this feel him great. there with me, pushing me through there. Um, so now, like I said, in every day that I put the uniform on, it's how can I help somebody today? Like, how can I make a difference in somebody's life? Mm-hmm. And I've been able to been blessed. I'll say it better that way. Been blessed to be put in the position to where. I've come in contact with people that are like, and I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what to do. And it's like, Hey, well, let's figure this out together. Mm-hmm. Let's just find a way to do it. Because I don't know. Like I said, there's, there's, there's being beyond the me. Guys. No, no, not at all. Like, to help. Now I was having a conversation with somebody earlier. It's like, we, we get a bad rap because people say, well, I saw you, I saw people do this on, on video or, or on YouTube or mm-hmm. social media or something like that. It's like, well, have you had a bad experience personally? Well, no, not me. Okay. So, why don't you come right out with me and see how it really is? Mm-hmm. See how we get treated or see how we actually treat people. Mm-hmm. You know, they see a badge and, and we're automatically the bad guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, it could be something that happens in a different part of the country, but since I have a badge and uniform on, I'm just as guilty as whatever happened there. Yeah. You know, so if we can get people to realize like we're not the bad guys. Mm-hmm. Nope. So. Zach, I want to say something to you. Sure. <clears throat> As a mom, <laughs> I think you're an amazing man. Yes. And I think that, <clears throat> You really, truly love your country. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <clears throat> and uh, I think you're an example of what Americans are. 
I'm sorry. It's just, <laughs> no, I appreciate that. You got her crying again. She's so emotional. I wish, I wish all men in America were like this. Right. Yeah. Well, and just having that servant's heart. My you know, mother. You, you, it's not just about your country, but it's about your family. It's about other people's family. It's about the, the strangers that you haven't even met yet. And I think that that's, you know, I tested to, to try and get into the police academy and I failed by, by push up, you know, yeah. and with the current climate of things, that was the biggest blessing for me that that did not work out. Right. Um, but I'm, I'm happy to hear that that did not turn you away from that because it's it still kind of tugs at me right like right. once it's in you you just feel like that's what you mm-hmm. want to do and you wake up with that purpose but um you know i think everything happens for a reason and, absolutely and yeah. so i know your journey took to become a police officer quite a bit and obviously you are uh an exception to the rule right as right. far as with one of, your one of two yes yeah. two one of commissioned two. officers that are double amputees, double yeah. amputees. And, and the way i incredible. see it it's more than just doing it for myself way more than uh, i could care less about doing it for myself i have four kids now mm-hmm. so yes. if they're ever faced with anything in life that maybe question makes them question themselves they're able to look back and say hey if my dad didn't quit why right. should That's i right. how can i quit how mm-hmm. can i give up or what can I do to do to, you know, to, to accomplish this? The day I graduated, uh, my son pinned my badge on my chest. Awesome. And I held him so tight and I said, dude, you can do it. Anything you want to do, you can do it. Mm-hmm. Just work That's hard for amazing. it. That's amazing. How many children you have? I have four now. How old are they? <laughs> my son will be 16 um, wow. on the 14th. And then my daughters are um, six, four, and two will be, the two-year-old will be in two days. Yeah. Wow. Thank Excellent. You. And your wife? She's amazing. She's a school psychologist. Um, she, I mean, definitely couldn't do any of this without her. Um, going through a nine-month academy, um, studying endless hours, and and still trying to come home and do the family thing. She works full time. Still takes care of the kids. You know, it's it's amazing. Definitely a great team. So, what would you say to the young people of today? Because oh, it's a different world. There's so much to say. Yeah. Well, think about your 16 year old. That's when you had a heavy impression on things. Right. I mean, what is it like for him today? I mean, it's definitely, I mean, y'all can attest to it's, we're growing up in different times. We didn't have the technology they have today now. And yeah. they're so glued to, it was so easy for us to go outside. It was so much fun for us to go outside mm-hmm. and, and maybe get into a little trouble, but nothing too bad. Um, just take advantage of every day there is because, well, you know, a lot of people say tomorrow's not promised. We have no idea what's to come. Right. Absolutely. We have plans and goals, but what are you doing today? To get to those goals tomorrow. And not everything on the internet and what you see is true in reality. And I think that that's the biggest thing. Our kids are so skewed based on what's put out there on these apps and things like that. And, you know, I just, I'm proud of you. I thank you for your service. And, you know, to think that they're what you've overcome. I mean, you have prosthetic legs on both of your legs and you are uh, an inspiration to so many people and, and, I just, I think it's, I think it's great. And I, I love your, your journey and I just thank you. Yes, I appreciate that. I mean, I have fun with it too. And sometimes people say I'm mean, but, um, I tell kids like, man, I, I didn't do too well in school. So this is what happened. Right? <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't go to bed on time and the parents are celebrating in the background, but the kids are wide eyed and, and worried. Yeah. But the parents are like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Have you had to have like any scuffles yet where people are trying to kick you or do something? Yeah, like, like I said, nobody knows at work. Um, but I, I mean, have gotten into foot chases and be like, hey, there, somebody will say, hey, you know, that guy didn't have any legs, right? That is so funny. It's- there was one time I worked a security job prior and we got into a little scuffle out front and I was wearing jeans and. One of my legs flew off, and there's people at the window. <laughs> they're like beating on the window, saying, "That guy's leg just fell off. It fell off." And, I mean, you got to have fun with you it. It's, it's, it's my mean, life, you know. You got and, to have fun. Yeah, and it's it's so funny because I think this is going to be enticing to the people to hear this. <laughs> right, I mean, lost his leg. Right Somebody's going to come up yeah. and try to test. And like, does it really come off that easier? <laughs> no, it, it's fun. I mean, it's like I said, it's, it's my life now, and and I mean, we just got to adjust to it, and move on. Right. No, so could have been a lot worse. Should have been. So where's your purple heart? Uh, it's in my office at home. Um, he also gave me his challenge coin. His challenge coin. The guys in the military know, I mean, how coveted those are. And uh, say, it's saved me a lot of money buying drinks at the bar. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have been a delight. And, and uh, thank you so much for taking the time 
because I know that your uh, office was extraordinary about letting you come. I oh worked my for gosh. Amazing people they there. Were amazing. And, you know, it's <laughs> definitely a pleasure. Like this, so there's definitely where I knew I needed to be as an officer, where I always wanted to be as an officer is Fort Worth. And well, I can't say enough. I have to hand it to Liz there. because she went all the way to your big boss oh. <laughs> to get you. And they were amazing to, to let us bring him here. It's it's a great story. And I hope when you make your movie that you're part of us. No, absolutely. Um, Are you making a movie? I, people have they're, they're, asked about they're, it. Somebody yes. needs to tell your story. No. Yes. yes. I, I, Who would play awesome. you? Who would play him in a oh, movie? Yeah. Oh. Probably The I, Rock. We, we, uh, yes, yeah. The Rock. The Rock. The rock. No, yes. Um, I have no idea. Like I've thought, I my wife that, keeps you know? asking me, like, "What about a book or what about something?" And yes, I'd be, I'd be all for it. You know, it's just, I don't know. I always thought, like, eh, nobody wants to hear this. We, wants yeah, to hear we, we want to hear it. We want to hear it. Look at it. You're here tonight. Do you have the best thing that happened to me today? Do you have a social media site or do you have your own page or is it something TikTok? where? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the big thing to do nowadays, I guess. But, uh, I Courtney's going to show us how to do no, it. Yeah. Yes. No, I mean, yeah, I mean, I have just my regular Facebook page. Um, it's just you know, just personal life stuff, and um, I mean, that's about it. Like, yeah, I thought about the idea of doing something. Get a or blog, yeah. If there's some type of way, I mean, get out more in the community and help right. the community. Well, you some still way got or, a lot of years ahead of you. Oh, you so. I hope so. Your story will be told I'm hoping one I do. day. Yeah. Um, well, and it's just, you know, you, you're able to reach your Fort Worth area, but there's so many parts of the country that could hear your story and benefit from you and realize that. Right. And I've, heard from, quit, I've you know? received mail from people all over the country since I graduated. And some people are saying like, hey, you know, you really did help me by, you know, they yeah. saw the news story or something like that. So um, I'm sure there's a few double amputees out there who don't have the right attitude anymore. That's I, right. I've, need met, to hear I've met some just recently that people have asked me to go talk to them and I'm more than happy to. Um, like I said, I, I'll go in and, in jeans and people don't know that I'm a double amputee mm-hmm. until I tell yeah. them and then their eyes light up a little differently. Um, so that's good. And so well, are you, are you in patrol? I am patrol. So, okay. um, eventually I, I'd like to work in, in the gang unit probably and help the kids that, that are Excellent. maybe going down the wrong path and helping to realize, man, it's really not, you'd be a great really SRO so too. Fabulous. I, I, th- I thought about that. That'd I be think that cool. would be great. Yeah. Well, I live in well, Fort Worth. I just got to remember if I get pulled over. I'll remember you. I'll remember you. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, we thank you so much. Again, thank you for your service uh, for both our country and also for the Fort Worth area uh, as a police officer. Yes. You're listening to Alexander and Friends. We are remembering the survivors and also those who did not make it out of the, um, the tragedy of 9-11. Um, we honor you. And you're a hero, and thank you for yes, being sir. here. Thank tonight. you for having me. And thank you for your service, pleasure. and most of all, thank you for your loving your country so much. Thank you. Yeah. Have a good evening. Thank you so much for listening to Alexander and Friends 660, The Answer. Good night. You've been listening to Alexandra and Friends, the podcast. Reach out to us on Facebook at Alexandra and Friends or write us an email, alexandraandfriends660 at gmail.com. Be sure to mark us as one of your favorite podcasts so you never miss an episode.